Hey guys, welcome back to the Thick Fit Fitness Podcast. This is Courtney Jones here. And Hannah Polly here. And we are super excited about today's episode. Um, we have a special episode for you guys today. So we actually are bringing on our very own mental health coach, Megan Shaver. She is amazing. Um, so Megan, I, of course, I want to introduce you to our audience. Um, you know, tell us who you are, what you do, um, and kind of just going into our topic today, which we are super excited about. Yeah, absolutely. So guys, my name is Megan, like Hannah said. Um, so just a little bit about me. Um, I am a licensed therapist and I have been working in a hospital type setting for the past four years now. Um, so basically what I do is I assess patients and then I do either group therapy or individual therapy with those patients regarding whatever um, services that they need from me. Um, so we, I cover a lot of broad topics. Um, mainly I really dive into like anxiety disorders, depression, um, uh, you know, PTSD, um, you know, all those um, different type of topics um, we really kind of dive into, um, but I am more of an acute type setting. So I usually only with my patients for about three to five days, and then they usually go to an outpatient type service for follow-up. Um, what I do for Poly Pocket Fitness is um, I am their mental health coach. So basically the things that I offer is I like to offer weekly phone call services where I just sit and talk to each girl about, you know, whatever it is that they're struggling with. And we kind of come up with a game plan and problem solving, things like that. And then I also do monthly Zoom calls where I cover anything and everything mental health related. Some topics I come up with my own and then other topics are brought to me by um, the girls in the program. And we just kind of have a discussion about it and then um, kind of go from there. So yeah, that's a little quick tidbit about me. Yes. No, I love it. And guys, Megan does such an incredible job with her girls and has brought so much value to team PPF. Cause as, as you know, going along your fitness journey, it is so much of a physical or a mental one as it is a physical one. So, um, today's topic is a very hot topic, something that you guys have probably dealt with or have known someone who's dealt with this. Um, so we're discussing body image and body dysmorphia. Um, so kind of just going into that, you know, with a negative body image, that's something that we see so much. Courtney, Megan, and all of us, all of us do, just with our clients and, you know, Megan's patients. Um, and it's something with body image, it's something that is very hard to overcome, but is possible. We've seen it before. So to, we figured today would be a great topic just to kind of discuss that, um, give you guys some insight from, again, our very own mental health coach on how, you know, she's helped patients or like our clients kind of overcome this. Um, and of course, like kind of digging into like our own personal experience with body dysmorphia. This topic is very, very close to me as I dealt with this for super, a very, very long time at the beginning of my journey. So um, kind of just want to dig in, Megan. So like, you know, just from your perspective, like with your psychological background and just, you know, what you've seen, like what exactly, you know, just explain, are you just like, what is body dysmorphia and like what causes it? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to go ahead and give you guys just a brief description of what body dysmorphia is and then kind of go from there. So just from a quick Google search, um, a pretty good definition, it's a mental illness that involves obsessive focus on perceived flaws in your appearance. So this flaw may actually be minor 
uh, or as it's imagined, but the person may spend hours a day trying to fix that flaw. And this person may try cosmetic procedures or exercises to um, in excess in order to fix that flaw. Um, and so just to kind of go off of that, when we really talk about like body dys dysmorphia or a negative body image, it really comes down to when you look in the mirror and you pinpoint flaws, so to speak, and you obsess on it so much so that no matter what you do, no matter how much you diet, no matter how much you exercise, no matter what you do, you still look in the mirror and still see it as a flaw. Um, I mean, this could be, you know, maybe you were overweight and you went through the program and you've lost, you know, how many pounds, but you still look in the mirror and you still perceive yourself as the person you were before you lost the weight. And so it really creates this psychological, I don't want to say defect, but it's almost like the psychological negativity inside my, inside our brain that convinces you that even though you've lost the weight, that you still aren't where you want to be or that you didn't lose the weight or um, you still have to get to this point in order to get to happiness. And so the connection there between our mental health and this body image, so to speak, it's almost like we're searching for that happy moment. So it's like, Okay, if I get to this way, if I fit into these pair of jeans, then I'll be happy. Once I get to this point, if when I look like this person, then I'll receive the love that that I deserve to have or whatever. And then we get to that point, we get to that goal, and I'm still not happy. I still don't feel the love that I'm trying to receive. And it's because we're putting all of our focus and energy on something that doesn't correlate with the happiness, with the love expectation. And so it really creates this like toxic mindset between what I need emotionally and mentally versus a physical body, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes so much sense. And sometimes it's something that we don't even think about. Like, you know how you just explain that in depth. It's just something that we just start doing, especially with women, you know, at a young age, you know, as teenagers, we're starting to notice our body changing. Um, you know, we start to hyper-focus. And then, of course, when we start a fitness journey, which all of us, I'm sure, Courtney, Megan, and I, all of us have had this, you know, where our body has went through changes and where even though we've come so far, we sometimes see ourselves, you know, back to where we first started. Um, and, you know, just something that I know that Megan and Courtney and I all talk about a lot is just social media and how much like our societal unrealistic beauty standards make take such like make such a difference with this with young women especially like I'm always sending like Megan and Courtney things I'm like this is it, honestly it pisses me off more than it should but just the things on social media that we see um you know and kind of just digging into that where it's so crazy how we, these things that we're seeing on our feeds each day we're comparing ourselves to that um and I know I used to do that personally and any young female who's looking at social media each day they're com we're comparing ourselves to these images that aren't real and I know that that has to have me you know make a huge impact on um having a negative body image because you're like wow why can't I look like that but the reality is it's like <laughs> it's just a picture and it's angled or it's photoshopped and it's closed um so do you have like any insight on that like in terms of like you know if someone's struggling with that like tips on kind of how to combat that, you know, how to shift your mindset with that? 
Yeah. I mean, I wish that, you know, there were simple solutions to how to deal with, you know, body image, but body image is such a complex thing that the best way I like to describe it to my patients is that when we are trying to reinvent the way that I see my body is that it's not going to be curable. And what I mean by that is there's not going to come a day where I can look in the mirror and be like, oh, that thing's perfect. And I feel good and all this, right? We can get to that point, but it's almost like the way that we like to describe our fitness journey. It's going to be a lifestyle change. It's something that I have to keep up with every day, right? Um, the best way I can like to try to compare it to is if someone has, um, diabetes, right? That is an incurable disease at this moment. And so what that means is I have to manage my diabetes, whether that's checking my blood sugar, whether that's checking, um, you know, what I can eat and what I cannot eat, what raises it or lowers it. So it's kind of the same thing when it comes to recreating this positive mindset between myself and my body. It's not that I'm working towards, the finish line, but it's that I'm working towards just creating a healthy environment inside my own headspace. Because by doing that, that naturally is going to give you that energy and focus to push that thought of, I need to be a size zero, or I need to look like this model, or I need to be like this in order to get this. It's going to switch it towards, this is me. Yes, I have flaws and that's okay. I accept those flaws and this is what I'm working towards emotionally, mentally, physically. We're able to separate that those things are different versus putting them all together in one thing that being skinny equals happiness. And so I hope that that makes sense because it's a really complex thing that definitely takes time to unravel and finding, you know, those ways to kind of put it back in a way that's going to be a healthier perspective. Yeah, no, that makes so much sense. And again, it's one of those things that it doesn't, it's not like a mindset shift overnight. You know, it's one of those things, like you said, it's consistent, you know, it's constantly giving yourself good thoughts. And, um, and that's something that gets easier along your fitness journey as well, as you know, you both know, and as anyone listening to this, you know, um, though we do hyper-focus on our body after a fitness journey, we also learn to nourish it and learn to appreciate it more as well. Um, and just also just digging into the social media aspect of things. I'm just so big on this and I'm constantly just causing a scene about it, but I just absolutely hate um, just the way social media is, you know, it, it's, although social media is great, I've met amazing people through it, it's become a really toxic place um, for comparison. And, you know, I've, I've honestly unfollowed so many accounts where I'm just like, you know what, this account doesn't bring me any positive energy, you know, um, and just knowing, like, I mean, I've literally seen videos of influencers literally putting padding in their leggings for a, like, legging um campaign or like you know promoting their booty program like this is so fake and like young girls are looking at this and comparing themselves to that um so just know like you know any of you listening to this like when you're seeing these images on social media most 90 percent of the time they are angles or they are photoshopped or overly filtered and again we all love the angles we all do it i totally get that just remember don't compare yourself to that um and follow like accounts that bring you happiness and that don't 
bring you any negative, you know, vibes or negative energy um, as well. And I know, you know, Courtney and I talk about this a lot. Courtney, do you have any like insight on that as well? Or you're so big on like body positivity and um, just in your journey. So I just want to hear like your insight from that as well. <laughs> I can go on and on about this forever. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. I think that like in the space that we're in, like in the fitness space, like we see this so often just like in clients in general, um, but also like through our fitness journey. And so like if you're in your fitness journey or starting your fitness journey, I think there's just so many skewed views of like what you're supposed to experience or what you're supposed to look like um, in your health or your fitness journey. And so you know, I think the biggest thing, like for me, when I first started, like I always, which I think I've talked about this before on a, on our team call before, where I always had this image of like, just being small and tiny and like having a small waist and like having, you know, like the bigger butt or the bigger legs, but having that like small, smaller upper body or smaller waist. Um, and like, as I went through my fitness journey, like I started to realize that like my body just wasn't naturally shaped that kind of way. Like I'm like a thicker girl. I have, you know, I hold more body fat in my upper body. So it's like, if I focus so much on like why my body wasn't shaping and why it wasn't looking this way that I wanted it to look or the way that I perceived my fitness journey should have looked like, or the way that like my working out and my dieting should have made me look. And I didn't just like accept the fact that like, I'm working really hard to get the best version of me and the best version of like my body and what I wanted to see within myself. And so like, you kind of just have to accept the fact that like, you're your own person. Everybody looks so different. Um, and you achieve different results. Your body looks different. And so like, if we all had this image of like, we're all supposed to look the same, or we're all supposed to achieve this like fitness kind of model look, um, then we would be like skewed of like, why don't I look like her? Um, and we get so like hyper-focused on like, you know, why isn't my body looking like her body? And like, and it, it takes away that acceptance of like you working very hard to achieve the body that you have, if that makes sense. So like, that's kind of like my, I'm trying to explain the way that I thought about it going through my fitness journey is that I, I like had to shift my focus of like focusing on me and my body and achieving the best self and the best like physique that I could achieve and not trying to look like somebody else. Um, and so in, in the fitness space and like, you know, social media, like we just mentioned it, you get this like skewed view of like how you're supposed to look, um, in your fitness journey or when you get so far in your journey, um, and going through weight loss, you know, there's certain areas of your body where you're like, you wish you could change or you wish you could, um, make these differences. Like, you know, especially if you like lose weight and you have loose skin, right. So like, sometimes you like hyper-focus on that of like, why can't I have a flat stomach? Um, which is something that I struggled with as well of like, you know, my stomach has, has loose skin on it. I mean, I, it just does because of my journey, but I've also been very, very good at like accepting that and being happy in, in, my journey and like looking in the mirror and not pointing out like every flaw that I see in myself or everything that, um, you know, I might not necessarily love about my body. I don't have to love every aspect of my body, but I have to love myself and love the things that I take my body through and the journey that your body goes through. 
And you have to accept the fact that, you know, you are who you are and you all have like a journey and you all have a story and every single person is different. Um, And so I always like to share that with like everyone or with every client of, because I think with clients too, um, I can see this like perspective of, I have certain client clients that will hyper-focus on one area of their body when so many other areas of their body are changing. And there's so many great things happening in their journey, but they hyper-focus on this one area. And so like, it's just a bunch of negative feedback in that sense from them. And they can't see the positive changes, um, you know, that, that are be that's being made because they're so hyper-focused on this one area. So I think that's the most common thing that I see, um, you know, with clients and like body dysmorphia and them just like struggling on specific areas of their body that they wish that they could just, you know, change, um, or make different, but they're so like hyper-focused on it. Um, and it takes away from being able to like enjoy the process and to be able to like see the changes that they're making, um, if that makes sense. So that was really long, long winded. Um, but there's a lot of different perspectives that I have just with every phase that I've been in, in my like weight loss journey or fitness journey, um, because my body has looked different just about every, every year of my fitness journey so far with, you know, losing weight and building muscle and all of those things. Um, going through competition preps, things like that. So I think that's where I experience body dysmorphia the most is because your body is changing like every single week. Um, and and you're experiencing a lot of changes mentally during that time as well. Oh, for sure. Yes. No. And I love your perspective because you're exactly right. There are just so many different perspectives from this. And sometimes I think that, and I'm sure Megan can agree that people are dealing with body dysmorphia and they don't even realize it. I mean, I did, I was young. I was like 19, just touch briefly. I like, you know, how Megan mentioned, like you hyper-focus on one area. So this is when I first started lifting. Um, and it was at the gym one time. I know I've told this story to our team before, but someone at the gym said, dang girl, you're getting huge. Like you're looking like a linebacker. And I was like, what? Like, you know, the person did not mean to offend me. But again, I was young. I was new to this. My body was changing. You know, this was before like fitness was very trendy on Instagram. So I was like, oh my gosh, I felt like that one comment just sent me into this like really negative spiral where I was like, am I just like too muscular? Like I was like really hyper-focusing on my back. Like I'm like, wow, maybe my back's too big. Like why would this person say I look a linebacker? And I'm telling you, I literally took a picture of my sister. Like, I think my back muscles are too big. So I like, like, and that's very brief, but this was a really, really like dark time for me. And I know you guys listening to this, you're probably like, what? Like, she's crazy. But like, this is, this is real. Like I really had, I would hyper focus on it so much to the point where I just felt, I didn't feel feminine just from that one comment. And again, I was young and vulnerable, but that's kind of what leads us me to, you know, talking about social media is like these young girls like I was are very vulnerable you know they're seeing these edited fake images every day and just kind of you know they're comparing themselves like wow I should look like that to be beautiful and that's not the case at all um so it's just important you know and that's why we're always trying to get out real information in terms of like what you see on social media is not real and to not compare yourself to that um and Megan just like you know from your of course with your experience and everything do you have any like you know any more tips in terms of just like how to combat, you know, with those negative thoughts and any type of like self-practices or anything that you would like say, tell your patients or maybe some of our clients to help with that. Just for our, this for our listeners today who may be saying like, wow, I'm dealing with this. Like, how can I, how else can I overcome this? Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, 
one of the things I want to definitely mention is when it comes to really trying to create that healthier headspace for yourself um, is you want to come to a place like we've all been saying, you know, it's, it's just being intentional about what you're experiencing and what you're thinking about. So it's every day you have to have that intention behind I'm doing this for my health and I'm doing this because I love myself and all this. If I'm coming in just to use weight loss as an example, if I'm coming in with the thought process of weight loss to equal happiness or to equal beauty or whatever it is, you're going to set yourself up for disappointment every single time because you will reach that goal and you will reach that goal of fitting to this pair of jeans or whatever. And you're going to look in the mirror and instead of feeling um, happiness or accomplishment, you're still going to look be like, okay, but it's, it's not what I thought it was going to feel like because you're constantly searching for something that's not searchable in that context. And so every day, if you really feel like you're struggling with body dysmorphia or body image, that you're being intentional about what it is that you're trying to achieve for that given day. Again, you have to remember that this is not a one-time quick fix. This is going to be a lifetime of constantly encouraging yourself and being your own advocate and being your own, um, you know, cheerleader, so to speak, because you have to be that person for yourself because you're not always going to have other people doing it for you. Um, and something else that I, that we haven't really touched base on, um, but it's having that comparison of to your old self. Um, for those of you who don't really know a lot of like my background, I'm a new mom of two girls, both my oldest one's only 18 months old. So they're both very, very young. Um, before I had babies, I weighed 120 pounds, um, very petite. Um, and after two kids, I'm definitely not 120 pounds anymore. And that's okay. You know, I'm very happy with my body and my body has done truly amazing things to carry a baby for nine months and then birth it and, and then nurse afterwards. Like my body truly has been through miraculous things. I, I don't can't even fathom to be honest, but I mean, there are still times where I look in the mirror and I, or I see old pictures of myself and it makes me sad because I will never be that girl ever again, because my body has went through changes that can not physically go back to how I was prior to having kids. And so it's a mental game for sure. And so when I catch myself in that toxic or negative moment, you know, I really try my best within that same exact thought process, trying to catch myself in the act and replacing that negative thought or opinion about myself and replacing it with, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I do have a little extra fat on my belly, but guess what? You know, I carried two healthy babies and that, and that fat represents two healthy pregnancies that gave me my two children that like I love dearly you know so it's it's really trying to change that toxic I'm sorry changing that negative opinion or emotion about yourself and replacing it with a healthier perspective because by doing that consistently every day is going to help get you to that point of accepting your body for what it is in 
therefore continuing that process of loving your body for what it is as well. Again, you don't have to love every single aspect about your body because I don't think that a lot of us do, but that's okay. Again, it's okay to not to love everything about your body, but we have to get a place of, I love my body for what it is and for what it does for me on a daily basis. And then the next big thing is being realistic about your goals. Kind of like what Courtney said, for some of us, what we want to see our bodies do is physically impossible, right? Because if you are, if you are a bigger chest girl or you have broad shoulders, you may not be that petite, small girl that you envision yourself. And so we're setting an unrealistic goal that we'll never achieve because it's physically impossible to obtain that goal. So it's really important that if you are in a program that you talk to your coach about your insecurities so that your coach is able to talk you through, okay, this is what I think is best. This is kind of what I see your body transforming into. And we're going to focus on the accomplishments, focus on the positive, the positive things your bodies are changing and try not to focus on that one thing that we want to change so badly that just may not change because of your, how your body is physically made. Um, yeah, I had something else, but it, I kind of went to the wayside, so I'll come back to it. So what are your guys' like thoughts, like whether it's personal experience? I know both of you guys did, um, um, competition, right? So what are your guys' viewpoints on kind of the reverse side of things, like being super, super lean and then going back into a healthy weight? Like, how was that for you guys to transition back into the normalcy of it all? Yeah. So I, for me, I was, uh, I was very young and I've only competed once. Um, so Courtney's story is definitely more recent and relevant, but mine, you know, 10 years ago, I went into comp competing. I just, I idolized. I'm like, wow, these girls look awesome. I want to look like that. So I just went in, you know, did it. I got super lean, like 8% body fat. Again, being an 18 year old girl, like going through high school, right out of high school. Um, and you know, my coach told me, and I even had a coach at the time, you know, and, and what Courtney, I'm sure she'll mention as well as how important it is to have a coach through that process, especially like just through the mentality side of it. Um, I had a coach through prep, but I actually didn't stick with her afterwards. So anyway, I got super lean, you know, did my competition. I got third place and it was whatever. I was like, okay, you know, that was a good experience. My coach told me, Hannah, don't go crazy on food. You know, you want to slowly reverse out of it. Keep your calories the same, slowly reverse. Um, you know, which is where you slowly increase calories over time. I did not listen. I was a stubborn 18 year old girl. And I'm telling you what I ate everything, anything, um, because of things I was so restricted from, you know, for the, I, I dieted for 10 weeks straight, it was 10 week, like very strict prep. And I'm telling you, I put on weight so quickly. And like Courtney said, your body, like it, when you're that lean, your body, it changes every single day, <laughs> depending on what you eat. Because again, your body's just at that point where every, whatever you eat and how much water you drink makes such a difference. So that definitely is like where my issue started as far as like body dysmorphia. I put on, you know, a lot of weight really quickly. Um, and, you know, it was really hard to see myself as looking, you know, good or like to my expectations when I had just seen myself a week ago being 8% body fat shredded. Um, so it really, really played a, you know, a toll on my mentality. And honestly, it took me, I mean, I would say years after that to really develop a healthy mindset with my body image. But again, I also did not have a coach here. You know what I mean? So this is just, just like me in my own head thinking this is just how it is 
is, you know, this is what I did. And, you know, and luckily that's helped me kind of shape and become the coach I am today from like getting myself through it. But for anyone I recommend, you know, when you are competing to have a coach through it and after the process, especially after, and, you know, Courtney, like I said, her story is more relevant. Mine was a very long time ago, but I just can't stress enough how important it is to have that guidance <laughs> um, just for like your mentality afterward and to help you give you that structure. Yeah, for sure. Um, honestly, competing was a really traumatizing part of my fitness journey. Um, and like nothing bad to say about competing. Like I absolutely loved it. Like that's kind of what you sign up for. Um, but that's probably one of the biggest reasons why I haven't done another show because it was one of like the hardest things that I've ever been through. And again, like Hannah said, I I was alone. I didn't have a coach post show. Like I didn't have a great experience with a coach that I did have during the time. And so like, I ended up not having a coach afterwards. And, um, you know, that is the smallest I had ever been in my entire life. Um, and, you know, I was like 116 pounds on stage and normally, you know, I'm five foot tall. So like, that's pretty small. Um, and so like, normally, you know, I was around like 130 or 130, 140, um, even after my weight loss journey. And so when I did competing, um, it's one of those things you become very fixated on because you want to look the best that you possibly can. So like, every single day, every single week, you're looking for new lines, you're looking for, you know, more changes in your body. And so like, you kind of become obsessed with it, um, which is not a great place to be in after the show, because you are still obsessed with that physique and those changes, but you're no longer in that state of like going to continue to see those changes because you're doing the opposite of that now. So you're doing the opposite of, of what you did in prep. So getting super lean and losing a bunch of weight and, and getting, you know, down to the smallest you possibly can, um, to look great on stage, but then post-show the goal is to get back to like a normal level of body fat to get healthy again. Um, you know, to just like feel normal again in general. And so I think that's also another big thing with like social media and competing. It's like, there's this skewed image of like, you're supposed to be lean all the time. Um, and that's just not the case at all. Um, you like you as a woman, like you should have body fat on you because you're protecting your vital organs as a female. Um, you know, and we are the only ones that can reproduce in this world. So like we tend to hold more body fat than a man can. Um, and so, you know, a lot of times we'll hear that statement of like, well, my husband can just drop weight like that. And I cannot, you know, do that. And that's because like women are just a lot more complicated than men. And just like Megan said, like she, she's carried two children. It's like miraculously, like so crazy the, what the female body can do. Um, but anyways, with, with being lean, it's a traumatizing experience to go from being stage lean or being super lean or being like in the best shape of your life. But also it's not like an ideal state of being that you can be in forever. Like you have to put body fat back on just for your overall health. Um, And so it was a hard time for me. I struggled with binge eating during that time. I struggled with body dysmorphia, like, and I never really experienced either of those things before in my fitness journey. Like, yeah, maybe I didn't like some things about my body here or there, but like truly fixated on the changes that my body was making and, and gaining body fat again was very 
mentally taxing on me. And it was a very like low point in, in my life, but I learned a lot. And so any experience that you go through like this, like just know you can work through it. You can overcome it as long as you have the intention to do that and intention of, you know, if you are struggling, getting help, asking for help, you know, I, I, I did hire a coach like a couple months after that, even I, I had put on like 30 pounds in like a month. Um, but I did hire a coach a couple months later. Um, and, and you know, got me back in the right headspace space and focus on that. Um, but it did take me probably about a year to just get my body and my mind right after that, or a little bit longer, um, than that. But yeah, that's a different, you know, perspective in terms of competing, but it still gives you the same idea of like going through your fitness journey and seeing your body change and being fixated on certain things and how it can really mess with you and skew with, you know, your vision of, of your journey. Yeah, no, for sure. That And that's such a great perspective because again, not everyone listening to this, you know, is competing, but anyone, like you said, just as your body's changing or like Megan said, you know, after you have babies, sometimes your, your body does change. Um, and, you know, it's just, it's so important, like, you know, to have, of course, like to have that guidance of a coach or someone, but like, if you're someone who, you know, doesn't have a coach, it's important to really stay consistent to reflecting on the positives that you're seeing. And that's something that like, I know that Courtney and I preach to our clients. I know Megan preaches, you know, to our clients that she talks with is like, you know, journaling or writing affirmations. And I'm really big on this. It really, really helps you kind of like coach you through any type of like phase like this you're going through. Um, And like, you know, my body image, it's gotten a lot more positive over the years, but we definitely still have those days. I saw those days where I'm like, or I'll send a picture and I'll be like, oh my gosh, you know, I look so bloated and like, you know, I'll, I'll catch myself kind of falling into that, those bad habits from years ago, you know, old habits that hard of like, gosh, like, do I look like that all the time? Like, you know what I mean? So like, just know that like, if you're having these feelings, it's normal. Um, and you know, it's something that will get better. You know, we, Courtney and I both went from competing and from like, you know, ze- ground zero to like, you know, really bad bodies more to now accepting our bodies for what they are and, you know, loving and nourishing them. And same with Megan with loving her body through all the phases. So uh, like my biggest piece of advice for just like overcoming this, is of course, having a coach to help you point out, you know, help you celebrate the victories, point out what is going well. Um, but if you're someone who doesn't have a coach, you know, again, journaling each night, you're writing down positives for each day. I'm like really huge on that. I, that was like life changing for me. Um, or, you know, just any type of like routine that you're doing daily where you're folk trying to point out the positives, even in a really, really like crappy situation. <laughs> um, either you have anything to add to that or like any other like tips for our listeners that maybe could help them if maybe they don't have the guidance of the coach. Well, I think what, yeah, Megan absolutely. Said- oh, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I think what Megan said too about, you know, catching yourself in those moments of when you're talking about yourself. So having that awareness of like, if you look in a mirror and like you instantly go to that negative thought, catching yourself and be like, no, like knock that out. Like, that's not what we're going to talk. Like, we're not going to talk to ourselves like that. Um, and, and to like, always think about it in the perspective of, if you've ever heard that saying of like, you know, if you wouldn't talk to your best friend like that, don't talk to yourself like that. Um, and that's something that always like, is like stuck in my head of, because like, that's something that I did used to do all the time. It's like, Oh my God, like I have so much more body fat on my stomach and you know, you would like pinch it in the mirror and like, just get so fixated on it and like annoyed by it. But like now, every time I look in a mirror, I'm just like super happy and like proud. Um, even though there, again, there's areas of my body that I'm not like 
oh my God, but I'm not going to point them out and talk negatively about them because that's not helping me in any way. Um, so something, but again, it happens like just having that awareness though, like we're humans. Um, and as female, you know, there's parts of our bodies we wish you could fix or, you know, have a butt lift or like, you know, lift our boobs up, whatever it might be. Um, but looking in the mirror and being like, no, like I love my body. I'm not going to point out everything that I dislike. Um, and two, like, you don't need to fixate on looking in the mirror all the time either. Like that's something that I got away from. Um, like, yeah, you're like feeling yourself some days, but maybe those days you aren't feeling so great. Don't like try to be looking in the mirror all day. Or if you're on your period and you're like extra bloated, you're probably not feeling your best <laughs> or looking your best. Like don't fixate yourself like in front of the mirror and, and do things or trying to take like selfies and things like that when maybe you're just not feeling your great, like feeling your best. Like that's okay to do for sure. Um, but there's times where you'll, you'll like learn like when you're feeling yourself, when maybe you're not, but also to not talk bad about yourself during those times of maybe when you aren't feeling the greatest, um, because I experienced this too, when I was actually in my bulk too, last year, when I gained about 15 pounds, um, it's not a fun time, but I did it for a purpose. And like being able to accept my body and through my fitness journey, like I was okay with putting on additional body fat for like my goal, but it was one of those things where I wasn't taking a bunch of videos or selfies of myself. Like I was focused on my training. You just kind of shift your focuses on, on certain things as well, but just loving and accepting yourself through like every phase is the most important and just like loving yourself as well. Yeah. And I like to add, like, if you don't have a coach, um, to do two things, one is, and this could be for someone who does have a coach as well, but having a support person that's going to be there day in and day out. Right. So when you're having those bad days, those bad moments of, of, uh, negative body image, you have that support person lifting you up and kind of getting you out of that mental headspace and kind of correcting you, um, so that it can kind of like snap you back into like the, the moment that you're in. Um, so just for an example, cause personal experience, um, you know, postpartum body has definitely been something that I struggle with. Um, but you know, I'm, you know, I still work with Hannah and, and Courtney, you know, I do my progress updates and things like that. It's going to take time for me to get back to where I feel comfortable in my own skin. But there are times where I catch myself looking in the mirror and just being unsatisfied. And then my husband will come in and, you know, you know, kind of re retrain, not retrain, but like refocus my thoughts into, um, you know, all the things that he loves about me. And what he does is he never once talks about my body physically. He talks about, this is why I love you. You know, I did not marry you for, you know, X, Y, and Z. I married you because of your personality, because of your love for others. And, you know, kind of, kind of recenters me to where I can feel good about myself and I'm not, I'm not putting myself in, I, I'm only worthy if I'm this weight. And so having that support person is really, really important to work through any type of fitness journey. And the second one um, is if you don't have a coach is to do your own research, be educated on what you're trying to accomplish. Because if you're going into a weight loss journey with no idea of how to get there and you have no one kind of showing you the way, you're going to get very lost very quickly. And you're going to set up unrealistic goals and you're going to accomplish that goal either by starving yourself or by doing things that's actually really um, 
unhealthy for your body. Um, you know, there's a right way of doing things and there's a wrong way of doing things. And if we go down that path of doing things the wrong way or the harmful way, things can get, you know, very, very bad, very quickly. And so if you can't afford a coach, that's absolutely okay. But doing your own research and, and educate yourself on the proper way of reaching your goals so that one, it becomes, it's healthy. It's a healthy way of doing it. But two, you can really convert it into a lifestyle for yourself versus a temporary fix. Um, because if you're doing things like, you know, keto and, and all those other things, I can't, I don't, can't even remember off the top of my head, but those are going to be quick fixes. That's not going to give you long-term gain. And so if you can't afford a coach and you're trying to do these things on your own and you're listening to this podcast because you're looking for more information, do your research, know what you know, what you need to look for, know what's going to fit your body type so that you're not just aimlessly walking in circles and not seeing results because of that. Yeah, no, that that's such great insight because that's something I know too, that, you know, typically when we first pull up the internet, you know, like you said, that's what you first see is keto or you see these influencers online pushing these fad diets. So that's why it's important to like, as far as social media, you know, following body positive pages, pages that inspire you and that make you, you know, feel good or even podcasts, you know, our podcast, we're going to be bringing Megan on monthly um, or even other like mental health, like positive, you know, podcasts as well. Like just fueling your brain of like things that make you feel good <laughs> versus the opposite. You know, I feel like it's so easy for us to find things that we're just constantly feeding ourselves and preparing ourselves and it brings a lot of negative energy. So um, it's just important to focus on yourself and you'll educate yourself. And when you're like in that tunnel vision, it's like, you'll get to the point where you no longer feel the need to compare yourself to anyone, which is like such a beautiful, <laughs> beautiful yeah. experience, you know? And I love to see like when our clients get to that point or, um, you know, just seeing any of my friends or family get to that point, it's, it's really beautiful. So, um, but yeah, no, today's episode was great. I just feel like this topic is so broad. We could like, we could just do so many different like topics on what we discussed here. Um, yeah. But yeah, like, do you guys have anything else you want to add or anything that, you know, might be useful to share, like for our listeners today? I would just go with the ending thought of um, kind of what you were talking about, Hannah, is if you seek healthy, positive things, then you're going to find it. If you stay in that negative, toxic mindset, you're only going to find negative, toxic things. And so if you want change, whether that's physical change or mental change, emotional change, it, it, it literally starts with your thoughts. It starts with inside of you. So if you're looking at things and you go to the negative thing about it or the thing you hate about it or what you hate about yourself, you're only going to continue that same mindset. If you really want to change, you have to start with yourself. You have to start seeking positivity. So you have to start seeking those positive reinforcements because then it will continue down that pathway. So it won't just magically appear. It doesn't just magically fall in your lap. You have, you have to make the effort to make it happen. And that that's across the board. It could be for your fitness journey. It could be through your mental health. It could be through um, healthy relationships. I mean, it's, it's anything you have, you have to put in the effort to get what you want and not just expect it to happen. Yeah, I love that because that's so true. Like happiness starts with us and our thoughts. And then it's like other things just 
add to that versus us trying to find things to find our sole purpose and happiness. And, you know, I, that is like so important. And so it's such a, like a common or such a simple uh, concept, but it's very hard to grasp until you really experience it and really, really consistently practice it. So, um, but yeah, that, that's such great insight. And Megan, thank you so much for being on this episode. Literally, I'm just like so excited for our next one already. Um, and also guys, I am going to put all of our Instagrams in the description for the episode. Um, Like I said, I'll have Megan's um, Instagram on there as well. She did start like a mental health Instagram. So I definitely want to tag that because she brings so much insight to us. Um, But yeah, that's really what we had for you guys today. I hope that was insightful. As always, please reach out to our Instagram page, you have any questions or need anything whatsoever, we're always there for support. If you like this episode and feel that it could help someone else, if you screenshot, share it on your story, tag us, we would love to see it. So thank you guys so much. Um, Megan, thank you. Courtney, thank you. And we will see you guys next episode. Bye. Bye.